Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 137 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Linda Risley, and we have had a bit of a hiatus as we've been busily working on 2023 with lots of clients getting ready for the season as well as putting the final touches onto our sponsorship course. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be putting out two podcasts a week just so you can get a little bit more information around um, what is inside that winning sponsorship course and if that course is right for you. So to kick things off, and today we've got a special guest with Rana Viesas coming to talk to us about building a stronger brand and the relationship that it has with social media. So I hope you enjoyed this session. Uh, We've got some freebies um, that is linked to today's show notes. Make sure you race over to check out. There's a values assessment. There's also more information about the Winning Sponsors course. Um, Read information if you wanted to work with her and get into more contact with her and also a link to a values assessment. All will make sense throughout today's show. I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned to next week. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. Hi, Belinda. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. I am too because you're talking about one of my favorite subjects. We're going to be talking about how to build a strong personal brand and online presence. Tell us about your love of branding. How did you get started and but and who are you basically? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, I am probably just well, just a little bit over the sort of the ten year mark in my um, marketing and communications career, which is crazy to say because when I set out at uni all those years ago, thinking I'd be doing this ten years later, or even doing something for ten years, was crazy at the time. Um, but for me, it started with um, just a love of writing and a love of creating and a love of photography. And it's all just kind of um, morphed into what I'm doing now, which is um, a lot of content marketing, copywriting, um, brand work. And all of those things are so important for, you know, whether you're an individual person or a big corporate, it's all it's all who you are and how you present yourself to the world. So it's stuff that anyone can relate to and anyone can, can take advantage of and use to their benefit. Yeah. Well, definitely having all those um, great skill sets is a great measure for exactly the role that you're currently doing at the moment. Um, I guess over the time, what's been one of your favorite roles? Um, you know, funnily enough, cause I'm on a motorsport podcast, probably anything <laughs> I've done related to motorsport has been, um, sort of like my favorite uh work and 
Um, a lot of that has been unpaid. A lot of that has been volunteer, but I've learned so much from whether it's been volunteering with supercars in the media center or working with um, Formula SAE. So that was uh, something that I did at uni, jumped on board with my university's Formula SAE team, ran the business side of um, our team and went to competition in 2013. And since then I've been on the organizing committee and running the business presentation event for Formula SAE and just, you know, seeing that competition grow and, and seeing the students get so much out of it is just, it's one of my favorite things to do because it's just, it was so beneficial for me when I was going through it. So it's nice yeah. to be able to, to give back to the next generation of, of engineers and, and mechanics and everyone else coming through. You sound like you're old. <laughs> you're like, oh, back in the day. Uh, back in the day. Oh, back look, in the day. I, I love coming back. Can... Like, oh. um, is that how I you can throw my back out doing yoga? So I feel old some days. <laughs> okay. um, but is that how you got started um, with your love of motorsport to, and going down for volunteering route? Or how did your love of motorsports commence? Pretty much. As far back as I can remember, um, my dad has been a big influence in my life in that regard. So when my dad was, you know, in his early 20s, he had dreams of being uh, a professional uh, racing driver. And he had a stint in uh, Formula Ford, which mm -hmm. didn't go very far, unfortunately for him. Uh, but he's my dad's a mechanic by trade. So I grew up in a household where, you know, we did our own oil changes. We did our own everything on our cars. We never, you know, took our cars anywhere to get anything done on them. Um, and of course that translated to, you know, spending so much time in the U S when I was a kid watching NASCAR on the weekends. Um, you know, so growing up with, you know, um, Dale Earnhardt and Marcus Ambrose and, you know, all of those guys racing in NASCAR for me is kind of some of my, you know, early memories are watching NASCAR with my dad on a Sunday. And then it just sort of has something that's been throughout my life since. And when I started at uni, when I moved back to Australia, I found Formula SAE and absolutely loved that. And then really just stumbled upon the opportunity to volunteer with supercars and, from there it's just kind of snowballed and it's just kind of been a part of my life ever since and do you think there's a lot of difference between american motorsports and australian motorsports as far as branding and marketing and the professionalism i guess even off the sport one thing that i love about motorsport in australia is it's so much more accessible <laughs> than anything you would ever get you know in the in the u.s so you know you go to a supercars around here and you can get right down into the into the garages into the pits and you can chat with the teams and you can walk in and, and say hello and you can go to test days and you can do that kind of stuff and um you know certainly growing up with nascar if that was a thing as just a regular fan i never knew about it so um, okay. i love that it's so i love that it's so accessible here and that if you're a you know if you're a race fan you can just go and you know we have so many different categories we have so many great tracks around the country it's there's something for everyone and i think in the states it's a bit more corporatized in a way that it's a much bigger business than it is here in that regard if that makes sense and is that how you found love you just walked into the back of the garage one day and the, your eyes met <laughs> 
Yeah, well, actually, it was uh, in uni while I was at Formula SAE, the first day we got to competition in December of that year, we got down to, we drove down to Melbourne from Sydney and got to the track stupid early um, the next day, which I'm not a morning person. So the fact that I do stuff in motorsport where it's often 5.30, 6am start times is just insane. I always say the two things that get me out of bed early are either motorsport or an international flight to go back to the States. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason I voluntarily get out of bed early on a weekend. Um, but it's just walking out on track and just looking around and seeing everyone there and just feeling the energy. And I just said to myself, this is where I belong. And I can still remember that feeling. I can still feel that feeling when I think about it now. And another time you were up early, I mean, it is motorsport, was for the Bathurst 12 12- 12 hour where you're doing the social media content um, and working behind the scenes there tell us a little bit about that role there and what that entailed yeah that was a lot of fun a couple of years in a row I went along and supported the uh, Bathurst 12 hour media team in the uh, in the media center so just kind of doing any sort of extra work and help they needed Um, so that was three years in a row I did that and yeah those were very early starts very long days Um, but the highlight of that for me was definitely uh, the year that kind of about 10 minutes before the race started the media manager said Re I need you to live tweet the entire race because things have changed and I just need someone I need you to do it and I just went oh my god uh, you need me to do what okay (laughs) sure yeah yeah I can do that um, fake it until you make it I mean you know and obviously having a background in social media and comms and yeah. stuff I don't think he would have said to me hey I need you to do this if he didn't think I could do it but it was All still right. just one of those moments of you just have to throw yourself in and go for it and I couldn't tell you a thing that happened during that race <laughs> because I got to the end of it and I just went oh my god that's over what did I just do but it was it was such a great experience um and I still count that as one of my career highlights to date that's fantastic so we are going to here to talk about some branding today um tell us like exactly what is branding and why is it important for a motorsport athlete to have a brand identity yeah so basically your brand is is who you are your brand is how everybody knows you. So whether you're a professional athlete, whether you work, um, you know, just an employee in a company, uh, how you who you are with your friends, it all is a personal brand. And it might sound strange to think about it that way. But it's, it's what people know about you. And it's how you present yourself to to the world around you. So if you have a brand that others, you know, resonate with, they're going to want to work with you and they're going to, you know, think that you are someone that can work well with them and, and vice versa. So it's, it sounds really cliche and it sounds really corporate speak and it sounds maybe a bit silly, but it's, we all do it every day. We all already have a personal brand. It's just the idea of branding is how do you, put that into a package that you can use to further your career and get to where you want to go. Fantastic. And so 
with their title being building a strong um, personal brand, what are some um, steps? What are the first steps to building a brand? So number one, the, they're like, you know what? I really need a brand. I'm looking to become, I'm looking to take my uh, racing from being an amateur, maybe up to the next step. I'm looking now to gain sponsors. I'm looking to um, now have a more social media presence. Um, what's a few steps that they can um, start off with? Yeah, so I think a really great place to start with that if you're thinking about, right, like I need to kind of maybe formalize this or, you know, really start focusing on um, on who I am and how I'm presenting myself is to actually think about um, who you are as a person, your values, and how that can translate into um, everything that you do. So if, you know, you are someone who wants to be known for, you know, being a really fair racer, being really, um, you know, putting teamwork above all else, you know, having a lot of respect for the people and the drivers around you. So those are your values. Those are the core things that make you who you are. And as long as you're aligning with those core values and those core principles of who you are, that's where you can start to translate that into into everything else. So if you're really aligned with who you are as a person, everything, I wouldn't say becomes easier, but it becomes clearer. It helps you make decisions. It helps you kind of pick the kind of sponsors you want to work with, or maybe the kind of people you want working on your team, or even the, the, categories you want to drive in because if it's something that aligns with who you are you're going to enjoy it you're going to put more effort into it and people are going to be able to resonate with that and you're going to just have a bit of a a happier time all around because you're doing things that you know don't go against who you are as a person yeah and then I was just going to say from there, once you kind of know what your, your values are, you can then kind of go into, um, you know, your sort of more overarching mission and, and vision statement. So I am a marketer. I do have a marketing background. So for me, a mission and vision is just your vision is your overarching reason for getting up in the morning. Like what gets you up? every morning and makes you go to the racetrack and makes you try to get sponsorship and your your mission is what are you trying to achieve what do you want to achieve this race this season in the next five years in this category it just really helps you crystallize um where you're going and how you're going to get there Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to go through all of these um, in the upcoming Winning Sponsors course. Um, in module two, we've got values. And then module three, we're going into brands. And Ree's actually going to be one of our speakers. Um, and she's going to come in and answer any of those questions that you do have around values and around um, building your brand. Um, so if you are interested um, in that Winning Sponsors course, the link will be in today's show notes um, and in more depth around how to identify those things and how to get that all established. Now, one of the other things you mentioned, Ree, was around having a style guide. So what is a style guide? A style guide is one of my favorite things to work with when I'm working with a new client or if I'm working with a company. Um, As a writer, it's so important that I am able to write as the brand or as the person that I'm working for. So if if I'm hired to, to write a blog post for a company, 
that blog post needs to read like it's coming from the company, not coming from Rhiannon. So having a style guide is one of the first things that I ask for because it tells me how the company or how the person wants to sound in their, you know, written word or, or speaking words on a page. So what that means in practice is it sets out uh, your, your tone of voice. So how you, you talk to someone and how you interact with them in sort of every which way you, you interact with them in. So for example, um, social media post might be super casual and super fun. You can use some emojis. You can maybe use some shorthand or some, some jargon if you want. But then in a sponsorship document, it's a bit more of a professional setting. So it needs to be a bit more polished and a bit more pulled together. So that's your tone. So that's kind of where you can change how you sound and, and how um, you, you put things together. But it all needs to come back to the same voice. So the voice is you speaking. So it doesn't matter if someone's reading a social post or your sponsorship document. They know it's you speaking to them. And that's where you kind of have to go back and do that value work and do some time on your mission and your vision to make sure that your voice, your message that you're getting across comes across comes through no matter where you're you're putting it and then the the tone and is where you can kind of have a bit of fun with it or change it as it needs to be for different channels because you know think about what you enjoy reading on social media if you were reading a social media post or if you're reading posts on someone's instagram that felt really formal and really corporate would you interact with that but if it's fun and engaging you're more likely to like it or comment on it or, or interact with it. So it's just um, giving you that structure to feel really confident in the communications that you're, you're putting out with your fans, your sponsors, your fellow racers and, and whoever else it is you need to be speaking to on a regular basis. Well, that's a great segue into the next question, which was around about how does your brand integrate with your social media? So we've spoken about like tone of voice and the language and getting that messaging across. Is there anything else that why it's important to have a brand in that social media relationship? I think if you think about social media today and how busy it all is, you know, everyone's got everyone's got every single social platform you know there are millions and millions of users across the world on on social media and your brand is how you identify yourself it's how you stand out from everybody else who's posting at the exact same time on the exact same channel maybe even saying the exact same thing or a very similar thing so if you've got your brand worked out and you've found your audience of people who want to resonate with you, that means you've got a captive audience. That means that the people who are interacting with you are interacting with you because they want to hear from you and they care about what you say and they care about your career or they care about your race result last weekend. So having that brand, it all it's what ties it all together and it's what um, you know makes it possible for you to do what you do so if you think about you know maybe the racers that you follow or other professional athletes that that you follow if you come across 
and you're scrolling through Instagram, chances are when you get to your favorite racing driver, you're going to know immediately it's them because of the style of their image, the way that they write, you know, maybe the, the, the logo on their page, all of that stuff is what pulls together as the brand. And that's how you know immediately that you're speak that you're interacting with your favorite driver before you even kind of process it. Yeah, and I guess that just brought up a good point. I'm just making some notes here. Um, it's about engaging. Um, a lot of people do offset their social media content to an agency or um, to actually help them with that content creation ideas. Um, what, uh, you know, how does that work with um, helping promote your brand and what kind of relationship if someone does um, outsource that part of their driving? Because we know most of these drivers just want to get out there racing. Um, yeah. Should that be, should, should that tell? So if they're engaging with an agency, uh, what kind of things should the agency be asking them prior to getting started with their content to ensure that their brand is being correctly represented? Yeah, and that's where that style guide you need that document because, uh, you know, as an agency or if I'm working on behalf of a client, I need to know what the client wants me to say and how they, they want me to say it. So um, uh, one of the first things I would expect an agency to ask is, you know, do you have a style guide? And um, if you say yes, great, hand it over and start working with them on that. And if you say no, then it's a chance for you to, um, if you, if it, look, I mean, if it were me, I, if someone, if I'm, if someone comes to me and says, Rhiannon, I'd love you to help me with my social media, or I'd love you to help me, you know, with my press releases at the end of a race weekend. One of the first questions I would say is great. Do you have a style guide? And if they say no, I'd say, okay, well, I can help you. I can help you, you know, put one together or, you know, would you put one together? And if you were to come back to me and say, oh, no, I don't think so. Like for me, I would probably say, well, I don't know if we'd be a good fit to work together because I can't do you justice if I don't have what I need to yes. to base things off of. So certainly for an agency that if you want to outsource some of that kind of stuff, which I think is a great idea because everyone's an expert in their own field. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, everyone's an expert in their own field. Like, you know, uh, no one's going to put me in, you know, a Super 2 car and expect me to be able to, to drive it around the track. Just like I wouldn't necessarily expect someone who focuses just on driving to be really good at their social media. Like, it's just, there's no way. So outsource it definitely, but make sure you've got the things in place and you can get the most out of it and get the most bang for your buck and not, you know, kind of just make everyone miserable in the process if you don't have the right information. I was updating the sales page for the winning sponsors course yesterday and one of the questions is, Who's, who is this course not for? And one of those points was if you don't have the time to actually put into developing your off-track um, I guess, you know, side of things, um, then this isn't the course because Unfortunately, or fortunately, drivers, athletes don't understand how much time that it actually takes to do all of this off-track development side of things. But once it is developed, it is there and it is a matter of tweaking it. So when it comes to developing that style guide and doing the values mission statement, um, how often or how long do you think that process should take and, and how often do you think that athletes should revise that process? Um, it's something that can, you can make it as, 
in-depth or as brief as you want it to be. It really just needs to be something that works for how you work and what works well for you. So, um, you know, last week I worked with a client and we spent three hours in a workshop together actually going through mission, vision, mission, vision, <laughs> values, uh, their, their motto as a company. We worked through who their customers are, how their product offering aligns with those customers. Um, we spent yeah, a three hour really detailed session drilled down into all of it. And by the end of it, we had a really clear brand strategy that either can now take away, they're getting a website, a new website built. They can now take this brand strategy to uh, the team who's building the website and say, right, this is where we're at as a brand. We need the website to reflect this. So that's probably, I think, a good amount of time to really think about um, kind of that core bit of work. And then the rest of it will just be pulling it all together into, you know, an easy to reference document um, or a workbook or whatever it is, you know, you think you would need to be able to make sure you're actually using it and sticking to it. Because it is one thing to have a document sitting there on the shelf that looks great and does, um, says all the things you want it to, but then if you don't actually put it into practice, then yes. what's the point? So. <laughs> Yeah, and I always say lucky to athletes, obviously um, your brand does change. Like when you're eight and when you're 15, your values and your brand can be very different. Like when you're eight, um, it's important to have a brand, especially if you're starting out with carding in, in order again to get yeah. sponsors. But of course, by the time you're 15, you pretty much know who you are, like your, like your other hobbies, your interests, your even career um, path that you're wishing to pursue. Mm. Um, and so your brand can change the colours and all of that. So um, I like you're saying it's a revolving um, documentation that it's always so evolving documentation that it doesn't just sit there and be dominant and it's developed mm. once it's something that you should um, regularly as in annually um, potentially update that strategy just to ensure that you know do you still like that same shade of red um, or now I've you grown a little bit more pink um, and or have you now gone a little bit more professional because you're like yes you know I was the funny kid but now mm, I'm really serious about exactly. my race. And now I want to be known that I'm a serious racer and not the uh, kid on TikTok that, you know, it's got a million views because I do funny TikTok videos. Um, so I think exactly. yeah, it's a yeah, pretty good idea to change that around. Yeah, so even if, you know, you wanted to set yourself start or end of, once you kind of, build it from this from the beginning you know maybe set yourself you know start or end of, of every season and just kind of review and reflect on on where you're at and who you are and what you've learned over that year and maybe how you've changed or how you've grown um and make those updates as you need to or you know maybe you switch to a different category maybe you bring on a couple of new sponsors and you think hey this is a really great time just to stop and and reflect so again build it how it works for you yeah and we've got a documentation that we put out for free every year um which is just basically called the goal planner um which goes through you know your highs and lows of the previous years and what learnings you've made again um, revising yourself as a driver, as an athlete, going through your brand, 
what are you looking forward to during this year? So I'll put a link um, to that workbook into the show notes if anyone wants it. Obviously, it was published in January, but the content is still the same um, and a lot yep. of races still haven't started yet. So, um, And it's good that uh, just to sit down and reflect, as, you, as you're mentioning, it's about that self-reflection. Um, again, well, like what worked, what didn't work. Um, I always say that a good tool is to sit down with your phone and go through videos or go through social media accounts like right back to, you know, the previous year and, and see the posts and see, um, you know, whether what triggered that race meeting and was it a great race meeting or wasn't it a great race meeting. Um, I always do try and promote them to do it at every race meeting and to sit down and do a debrief like we say that we always do a debrief around about the vehicle performance but it's very important to also yep. do a performance as well even if you had a successful weekend you want to document that as to why it was such a great success was it that you slept right was it eating was it um that you're with a new race team you got a new suit a new seat um you know it basically had great race results and it doesn't necessarily mean that you had great race results but it means that you walked away really positive and just went you know what that was a fantastic race meeting because of xyz and sure there might have been some negatives about it you can note those one or two negatives but it's just a great reference point so that when you do revisit that track that you can get it back out good or bad and revise what did or didn't work and make sure that you're building upon that for the next time that you're there yeah exactly and that's something that i do you know regularly with my clients and in my work is once a month review you know what we've done on social media the month before we review our emails that we've sent out we review website statistics all of that kind of stuff is so important and especially if you're working with a sponsor and part of your sponsorship agreement is you know five promotions a month across your socials that sponsor is going to want to know how those posts performed and what you know going to use the word here roi return on investment yeah, so we also yeah, have a sponsorship know. strategy plan for that as well. So there's meant to fill that in every month um, to do a social media yeah. audit around, you know, again, all of that, so those likes, engagements, high posting thing, and obviously providing the sponsors with a, a report. Um, obviously, just depending, everyone's a situation is very different, but if they're racing only like six times a year, they're not going to do it every month because they don't race every month. Yeah. So it might be after I either... Um, every like quarterly or again it's just very um individualized to how how often exactly and again basically what is listed inside that sponsorship agreement what is the um, agreement between you and your sponsor um to the expectations of these reports as well and what kind of content do they want to know but we have a template and it's inside the course (laughs) so we go And we've also got our new course that's launching in the 1st of July called Motorsport is a Business. And we go through basically all of that kind of stuff in a lot more detail around about doing these plans and 90 days um, planning and all of those things to include all the financials. Um, Everything that we do like to run a small business is pretty much going to be it because Motorsport is a business, right, (laughs) Ree? It is. It certainly is. And if you're lucky, you can make a really good career out of it. So start now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ray, you've given us some golden nuggets today. I do thank you for your time. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners today? Look, I think um, motorsport is it's such a passion for if you're in it, you're in it because you love it. It's early starts. It's late nights. It's long weekends. Um, I don't 
certainly no. I don't know anyone I don't know no, anyone in the industry no social life, I was saying. <laughs> no social life exactly you know your social life is your team your social life is the people around you so I don't know anyone who got into motorsport because they wanted an easy job or they wanted um, to not work hard so or to make it's money such, <laughs> or to make money yeah what what do they say the easiest way to make a million dollars in motorsport is to start with 10 million mm-hmm. yep so um it's it's a great way to it's because of that passion that's where that's how you align that to your brand is you pull in that passion and you you turn that into who you are as a person and how you want to come across, you know, in your career. So we've all already got kind of the bones of it in there. We just need to, you know, pull it out and and make it work for us in a way that's going to, you know, get us to the next level of wherever we want to go. I love it. Um, So if people are interested in connecting with you, um, where's the best way to find you? Yes, so a couple of ways. I've got my website, rex7.com.au. So that's R H I, the letter X, S E V E N.com.au. And then you can find me on LinkedIn as well at uh, Rhiannon Vanessa on LinkedIn. Pretty obvious it's me. I've got a big Formula SAE banner at the top of my page. And then on Instagram, you can find me at rex7 as well. And, of course, those three links will be also in today's show notes. So I do highly recommend um, if you're interested in developing your brand or getting started, as Ray said, she also does um, press releases, social media content, copywriting. She is a lady of all trades. She's very good. (laughs) Thank you. I try. (laughs) Ray, I thank you for sharing your love, knowledge, and passion with the listeners today. And we'll look forward yes. to seeing you inside that winning sponsors course and um, to share more around about branding and values. Yes, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be a really good time. Okay, Ray. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.